0: Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Succession Fit Podcast. I am your host, Tom Hine. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest, Dr. Marion Zanek. Marion is the CEO and founder of Zanese Health and Fitness Equipment in Glastonbury, Connecticut. She holds a PhD in clinical pathology and is a published biomedical scientist with degrees in genetics and orthopedic physical therapy. Marion is going to talk to us about the products she has developed, what motivates her, and we will discuss my company's wealth process. So welcome, Marion.
1: Hi, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: It's great to see you again. We had lunch a few weeks ago, Marion and I, and we probably took over half the uh, time of all the waiters at the seafood (laughs) restaurant. We got so busy talking about ideas that we both lost track of time. They they
1: know us both there, don't they? They know us very well. So
0: we had a blast. So uh, for the audience, as I reference, or maybe some points I make when I say, "Oh, we talked about that at lunch." but we're gonna follow up on that. So some of the more fascinating things that she's done, I'd like to know more as a as a developer and a patent owner, what led to own and your other products? I'm always fascinated by innovation, you know the aha moment. And so lead me through, as we talked a bit at lunch before, about that process.
1: Oh, yes. Thanks for this question. I remember my aha moment exactly. I was out in the forest, actually, of this Connecticut forest, but Before embarking upon these development projects, I worked as a medical device consultant with orthopedic and neurosurgeons and their patients in the area of musculoskeletal recovery, post-injury, post-surgery, helping them to recover from contractures and tissue tightness. And it was then that I recognized there really was no orthopedic appliance as specifically designed as ankle stone to relieve foot and ankle pain nor was there the tools to support resistance training and independent injury recovery. Okay. And so I set about answering that vital need. And after years of development and design, patents, promotion, and some investment, the result is Anklestone, as well as our other products, Bedrock Mobility Mat and Willow Works Station.
0: So when you had launched, Anklestone was your first process there. Give me a sense of what it was like. So you were obviously breaking new ground at that time, right? making new connections. What was some of the biggest hurdles you recall in getting Anklestone itself, whether it was operational, whether it was connections made, whether it was acceptance by the marketplace? Give me a sense of what that was like.
1: I find that commercialization translation to a commercial product into the marketplace can be done if initially the world accepts what you are doing you will sense positive feedback yes or no and you it allows you to keep going to believe that this is a good idea oh this can be done this brings value to the world or to my immediate world whatever it might be okay and That positivity can be a rhythm that you can then follow. And then it's simply actions, actions upon actions that lead you to executive function and to delivery of an end result of being able to manufacture a product and provide a global solution. So the resistance that I would have found really is in somebody's own methods or ability to go out into the world. Okay. I found the world receptive here in Connecticut, being located between New York City and Boston. I was able to promote my ideas and my products with positive reception. Right. And so I found hurdles being financial. Yeah. Or um, negatives in just the numbers of it. But if you pursue, you can get there.
0: Right. So the initial motivation for all of us as entrepreneurs, gives us the energy, the drive to overcome those hurdles. And so are all your products now have the registered trademark and what's the status toward the commercialization of the other products? Like, because we all need that initial success, then sometimes you have a bit of a lull when you're like, I got there, now what's my next step?
1: Yes, it's a good way to put it is that you achieve levels. You rise up to the next level, next level, starting with something as simple as getting the idea, believing in it, building it, trusting in it, patenting it. That is not as difficult as people think. Oh. But you
0: have to have a good patent attorney and people understand well, that world. Well, the
1: first year as the provisional patent is $540, it allows you that first year to secure it. Okay. And then it also allows that testing point is this valuable. Okay. Do I have the money then to pursue to the next stage to get the non-provisional And that's where it becomes serious because you're investing in that. And I have done three patents. I have invested quite a fair bit in patent lawyers, but all well worth it. (laughs) Right. And I
0: suspect as most entrepreneurs, once you've gone through the process once or twice, you've learned their lingo. Yes. I did this years ago with my balanced wealth process. And what's interesting is it changed a while. There was a time about a decade ago when you could have a lot more procedures and processes submitted to the PTO, Patent Trade Office, Mm -hmm. and then it changed where they wanted everything more medically based and facts based, which is good. It's great for your timing.
1: It's good to have um, my IP assets as they're proving valuable to the company. In fact, um, it has allowed us to step in with support of CONSTEP in Connecticut for manufacturing support. Um, I'll be meeting, I have been meeting, and they'll be coming to see my entire procedure for production um, on Tuesday. Wow. So, and the the other day I was communicating to the USPTO office, patent trademark office, and pulling all of my claims to prepare them to legitimize before we could go forward. So having patents will certainly give you that solid edge of protection.
0: Right. And so given that, um, how have you, other than the motivation, when you now approach a new goal a new concept and this proof of concept is critical do you find yourself as an entrepreneur going back to your initial success and saying hey, i got it right there mm-hmm. therefore i can get it again correctly or yeah. do you have a new set of doubts because obviously as you're breaking new ground the same doubts you have now aren't the same ones you might have had a year ago
1: well the nice thing about knowledge and confidence They're both cumulative.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So as you go, it keeps on getting better. And so I used that same strategy with initially Willow Works was my first, and then Anklestone and Bedrock came along, but all three of those products in establishing the same strategy of using our digitized age, our modern age, our social media, our YouTube's been phenomenal to get your message out to develop what you need to on a budget
0: which is actually excellent. And we had talked about this segue of what we do. Uh, we'll get to that moment of a balanced wealth with our clients, but this idea of the digital age is tracking health and wellness. I know we talked about the aura ring here that I wear, that I learned about at a conference and the yes. idea to be able to take that small technology and improve my health without a big investment in time, because someone else already made that big investment. Yes. So yeah. I'll be able to roll out. Yeah. So switching gears to health and wellness What do you notice in the orthopedic market right now in terms of any unmet needs or concerns? Because you're out there connecting with people, with doctors, with practitioners. And I'm fascinated, of course, a lot of this, all your development happened well before COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you're seeing anything different now? Or it's a a continuation of the same trends?
1: Yeah, a a continuation of the same and now impacted more heavily because of COVID in that people are looking for new devices, new ways to stay healthy, lifelong, at home, with convenience, without expense, without traveling to that gym with heavy metal equipment or having to spend perhaps as much as $45 a session with therapy. Wonderful. Sometimes you need it, but oftentimes you can improve between therapy sessions as well at home so the trends are for more control into humanity's hands and perhaps digitizing in virtual medicine back to just as your ring does yeah and feedback um with us more in control and having the tools to have that independence
0: right so as i as one of the doctors at, um we're one of the places that i go to get tested every six months in other words to make sure that we fine-tune my vitals, he said, you want to be CEO of your own health.
1: I love it. Don't you think so? So I think
0: that's so important because I think for our audience, what's important is I know in the era that I grew up, the 1960s, 1970s, it was, and, and doctors obviously have always held a very high esteem in cultures around the world. It was go to the doctor, hopefully it's nothing severe, you know, take their prescription, their methodology, work through it. And for many years that worked, but then there became an explosion, uh, sadly, of this combination of maybe lack of diet and exercise, or people get busy, or, you know, heart disease and cancer and all these things come together. And all of a sudden, doctors themselves were faced with patients with comorbidities well before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Another juggling, uh, as my 90-year-old mom tells me sometimes, she will joke and say, I want to make sure one doctor has to know the medicines I'm on so the other doctor doesn't get confused if they prescribe something that might counter it. Mm -hmm. So when you have all that going on, my mom's era and my era was not the idea of, oh, I better be in charge of all this. It was, let's go to a doctor. And again, this does not in any way demean the great work that physicians do. I'm simply saying, as you pointed out, we're hearing more and more is take control of your own health with the input of intelligent people with, with good resources but don't feel like you have to delegate it when we have more things available like ankle stone right to ourselves right. correct
1: yeah that's the beauty of having the tools
0: do you find mm. that physicians were accepting of ankle stone's concept knowing or let's say physicians practitioners etc knowing that in theory while it may be great for the patient it does kind of cut them out of the loop maybe not anything mm. critical but did you find anybody being defensive about that
1: I didn't don't do not have a lot of competition in that way. It seems they can it can implement into the practices that they are already using and okay. augment the recovery. Um, you know, it's known that stretching can alter the viscoelastic properties of muscle tendon units, which okay. improves their stretch tolerance. So, um, a physician, mm-hmm. sci- any scientist, would employ. And and a beneficial tool to augment that.
0: So, yeah. So if I think of the process and I think of the chiropractor that I go into town, who's amazing, at some point I want to have him on, but I think of this idea of creating, obviously everyone has a different budget. Not everyone has all the resources, but it's almost like creating your own little team of specialists. So you said if someone had a surgery or they're rehabbing from an injury, they have a team, which is their orthopedic surgeon, let's say and they got physical therapy, and then somewhere in there, ankle stone can fit in to help them. Do you find that the people now that are now you're empowering with this device, meaning let them take charge, what's some of the feedback that you've either received or heard about where people feel like you've empowered them to do more in their own time rather than waiting for that therapist appointment?
1: Right. Um, Well, we've had a lot of feedback in knowing that 8 out of 10 adults worldwide suffering Um, from some form of foot and ankle condition. Wow. Um, And we are targeting the market of the uh, pro athletes. Yeah. The strength and conditioning coaches and trainers um, because ankle stone really can improve. When you think about uh, individual sports, for instance, soccer, the foot is forced to endure fast starts and stops, pivots, Mm -hmm. um, thrusts, and fast accelerations. And it's prone to injury over and over and over. So within the sports that we are targeting, which includes baseball, football, volleyball, um, gymnastics and dance, and hockey, and you know, about 14 division, because it is needed in all of those areas. um, This orthopedic appliance is being welcomed. Right. And I can
0: imagine just throwing my two cents in on martial arts, which I've studied for 40 years, when we'd go get ready for the world tournaments, you know, we typically would train about six months before you would do your heavy training. So think of it like almost like the half end of a bell curve is you actually do your heaviest training months before, because when you do that heavier training, you often might experience tissue damage, swelling, whatever. And then you actually, this was counterintuitive when I was A brown belt or a black belt, about a a few weeks before, you actually decrease your training for these tournaments, not because you're not excited about them. Your body needs a rest from the several months you put it through. And ideally, you don't want to go that heavy a few weeks before because that's where injury can happen. Your body can only take so many months of high intensity.
1: Right. There's a science to it. Yeah. It really is. And these performance coaches know what they are talking about doing with with the top athletes um, and amateurs, and then the high school level, and all of the millions and millions of people that need to maintain, to condition, to always um, keep their feet and ankles flexible, strong, after all, there's 33 joints, 26 bones, and hundreds of ligaments, tendons, and and muscles in the feet and ankles. It's, it's amazing. It's complex right. as anything. And it bears our weight bravely with every step we take.
0: Right. And think about all the things daily. And I was reminded of this when I went to the chiropractor to do some adjustments for me. He said, you know, because we don't think about it as we age, he goes, but... Every day you're getting in your car and staying for a while. So those muscles are locked in. You're driving. You're thinking, I'm just focusing on the road. Then you're getting up. Then you're walking around. Then you're sitting down for a meeting. Then you're getting up. He said, we, meaning we as a culture, we don't realize what we're asking our bodies to do. Yeah. And for many years, and I joke, the younger people in the room, right? You don't think about it. You're like, I do it. But at some point it hits one day, whether it's a muscle pull or whatever, you go, oh, I feel that. Well, we never worried about it before because it never happened before. Yeah. And I went through this personally with COVID where I'd have someone work on me, make some adjustments. And I felt like I got a PhD class in strengthening and exercise and muscle conditioning because i had always just stretched out and trained. I never had to think about it. And then I got this amazing education from all these great people. So with all that knowledge, um, I just want to segue. We had spent some time talking at lunch about my balanced wealth process, how I'm trying to integrate financial planning, and health and wellness. So I wanted your thoughts to share with the audience just conceptually and for the people to listen to know that for many years I've focused the firm you know, and my clients on just building wealth, saving taxes, all the good things that financial planners do. But the challenge has been as my clients have aged and sadly pass on, sometimes before life expectancy, it dawned on me that making them more money or saving them more taxes is nice but helping them with their health and wellness could actually be a better payoff, if you will. And I just want to know your thoughts because you give me some great feedback so far on the scorecard.
1: Oh, yeah. Hearing about your program right away, I was excited to hear what you can offer your clientele. It makes such sense to be successful in life, but then not being focused on still the stress that may be in your life or the diet that you have gotten used to all of your life and perhaps really should change and the the sleep habits have never been quite right and what is going on perhaps um as well as the exercise element bringing all of those integrating those together as you are into that wealth portfolio is the ideal time in life there's many ideal times in life but that is a milestone that makes absolute sense um to have the wealth of life's attributes too right because now you can afford it.
0: Right. And that's so. the, you know, one of the themes that we have is oftentimes uh, my own physician in town, I share with you, when I went to him for a checkup and ran the idea by him, he said, I think it's going to be very empowering because I have patients to this day that literally work themselves to an early grave. They could be, you know, uh, it could be physical labor, or it could be intellectual labor, whatever it is, he's saying, we don't want our patients to work so hard that they end up having the last part of their life is spent with extreme healthcare. So one of the themes of balanced wealth is I want my clients to take back and be CEO of their own health. And we would guide them. Now, you know, we basically tell them that ultimately their own physicians, you know, all the medical people with the proper licenses are going to guide them. But we felt like the scorecard is a great way to start. It gets the client thinking what is important to me. And one example is, you know, one person gave me a great quote. They said, what good is having a seven-figure portfolio if you're six feet under?
1: Yes. <laughs> right? It
0: doesn't help. So a fancy
1: funeral? <laughs> right, fancy funeral, right.
0: So in the end, you know, I want the audience to know that through um, all these innovations, whether it's order rink, ankle stone, balanced wealth, all these are tools designed to help people empower themselves, again, under the right direction, you yes. know, a, of a doctor or a therapist to use those tools. And with the advent of the phone and tracking this, there's so much more available that people don't know about that I didn't know about even before I attended some of these conferences that we want people to be aware of it. So what are your thoughts, you know, since COVID, what do you think might happen? I kind of want to do some big picture thinking. Do you think when, and again, this is country by country, everyone had slightly different experiences and timeframes and different COVID ways, but, do you think that as a result of living through COVID around the world, that people will have an enhanced view toward maybe health and wellness? Um, I know it's too early to say. I'm just wondering oh, no, from your purchase. So.
1: Absolutely. You think so? I do. Um, many new ideals that we're focusing on, such as how to cope with aloneness. Not loneliness, but aloneness. That's something new. Yep. And now we are not maintaining the health that we, or we're maintaining our health in different ways. Okay. You know, it's, it is different. Um, So I think that going forth, we've gained a lot of benefits from this, this has really made us pay attention to the priorities right? Um, and many changes that needed to happen. Um, and so y- I think you're right on the path, especially post-COVID, to offer such security in knowledge. You're doing the research in your programs, in your offerings, and then also to speak to the intimacy that you have in the relationship with your clientele. Right. You know them, they know you, you followed finances all along. So that's an intimate exchange. Right. So your research is so valuable to them because the trust is already there and the need is there post-COVID to be able to focus in different ways and say, flush out all of this excess and focus on somebody I trust who is doing this research and offering five of the top, 10 of the top best solutions that are conducive to me in this stage of my life, in this level of life. Right. Um, so I, I find your platform extremely valuable more so than ever post COVID.
0: Great. Well, thank you. And I think for us, just like you build, you know, bonds with the people you work with and you're delivering solutions. We really want people to feel like, the odds of them having more ability to move forward in life actually increased after COVID. A lot of times we say, you know, the uh, yin and yang of may you live in interesting times. But I think the theme I know has been for our clients that as difficult as COVID has been, and it certainly has been on everyone, you want to come out almost like a slingshot effect and say, look at the innovation that's happening. Look at the things, you know, the people that connected uh, that we normally wouldn't have connected through COVID. I can only imagine. And my bet is, at least on the investment side, in the next few years, there'll be a lot more startups uh, that have happened because of COVID. You know, connections, we've all heard about these random connections. And I I just point this out because we all talk about whether it's in innovation, entrepreneurship, things like that. My former roommate from UConn, who we're still connected with online, even though I started martial arts in the Okinawan style when I was 14 or 15, I stopped it for many years. I got to college, University of Connecticut, and I often go back to this one random event. Someone had put a poster in the dormitory when, when I was a freshman um, at University of Connecticut announcing that the Karate Club was gonna be open for you know for fall students to sign up. And I, like most fall college kids, I'm busy with classes and socialization and all that and he was the one that said no we're gonna go to this karate class he actually dragged me to it now nice. looking back i laugh because i i was addicted to it Meet
1: people like that and nice. i and
0: so there's a shout out to jerry o'neill mm-hmm. uh jerry was the one that said and after about a week or two i'm like oh my gosh i'm hooked mm-hmm. at the end of that semester he didn't re-up i'm like you got to right <laughs> I'm like, I want you to come back next semester. He's like, no, no. And I'm the one. So, and, and this is interesting. I also heard a great story from one of the Japanese masters years ago when he was alive. This is amazing. So you're, you're being lectured to by this very kind man who was an eighth degree black belt. You know, he started karate in the 1920s in Japan. And his first story was he actually went because in many people might know in Japan with martial arts, Kendo sword fighting is a very important one because it's carried through generations of families, you know, sumo wrestling and Kendo. He actually thought he was going to a Kendo class. He got the time wrong at the gym at the, you know, so he shows up, it's not Kendo, it's martial arts fast forward. He becomes one of the greatest masters, you know, Japan ever had in martial arts. And he told us one of his first classes, they would put him in the corner because he was alone as a white belt. Everybody else was advanced. And he'd have to face the corner and practice these reverse punches. And we're laughing because he's now 65 years old telling us the story. He said a wealth of information, a great legacy. So it was hard for us to remember or see him as a white belt. Right. But he actually said, I got the time to the class wrong. And I thought I was going to kendo class. Wow. So we know how these things can happen, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: a little rhythm of magic. <laughs> rhythm of magic. And I think that's what's
0: happening in yeah. COVID. So um, a couple of things. Do you think doctors in general... Would be supportive of a process like, like balanced wealth, where you know, we're not trying to take over their turf. I've always said to the people I've talked to is you're the experts. You know, one term, uh, one one doctor shared with me the term is medical advocate. You can be a medical advocate or a medical educator for people. You're not practicing medicine, you're not dispensing advice, you're simply being a guidepost and a scorecard so that they can track their progress and i'm wondering again being an outsider to this yeah. process oh, so I far i think they'd
1: welcome the referral that's really all it is it's straight back to them and um no competition and you're certainly not presenting as the medical grounds right. and that's what we also do with our products if you need medical attention you seek that first right and then when you're approved for that you Transition to ankle stone therapy. Right. So always, always being aware of the the importance of all of the network, pieces of the network. Right. I think they would be very agreeable, open to it.
0: So the next phase, where do you see um, orthopedics going? If you had someone had said to you five or 10 years ago, did you think it'd be here? That's part A. And then looking forward with all the science and all, I'm wondering what the next five or 10 years might bring in orthopedics. So bring mm-hmm. me back. If someone had said seven or eight years ago, you'd be here today
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking about this. Would you have dreamed it? Was it possible?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that the direction that orthopedics is going, it's, it supports the direction that Zanies health and fitness is going. Yeah. Um, in the year 2030, there is to be a 600% increase in the number of total knee replacements. Wow. 600%? So, it, 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 obesity and the aging population. Wow. And I have worked with those patients. They have the contractures in the knee and they cannot recover until they get the knee full range. Um, so um, again, not being com- competition to the surgeons, mm-hmm. but being a very effective tool to help in the recovery. Um, so orthopedics increase is going to go hand in hand with the innovative solutions that right. people need, um, such as this not a trend, but it really is having the independent mobility equipment such as ankle stone bedrock, yeah. which is a very interesting piece of ours, a product of ours that allows, uh, it, le- it has levels and handles and footholds, and it allows free independent movement to recover musculoskeletal, full range, full function, Wow, um, as if you have your shoulder being held by a therapist. Or really? An, so you can stabilize one part of the body and then move to, to target in yeah. condition um, the part that needs it the joint that needs it, every part of the body can be targeted with this. So having something like that is just going to be a blessing to the orthopedic community, I think from clinicians to patients.
0: So would they need on those um, devices that you're developing, are there, obviously there's training, are there you know videos, in other words, the creators of it, you know what you have, cause you're getting input from the practitioners anyway, but at some point you have this working model, this beta thing, do you find that um, the training is necessary or it's more intuitive because people yes. in that space, they know how the body works already.
1: Very intuitive. Ankle stone. I have here, right here in, in your studio. Yeah. Um, and it's, I've, I've had people use it without me saying word. Really? They just know. And once at a restaurant with lunch and it was on the table at a meeting and the waiter So came it was over. a side
0: dish for, for lunch. He, this, this guy
1: <laughs> came over and the waiter, he says, ankle stone. you, you Know how much problem I have in my feet, how much pain are in my feet, right? This is stretches my feet, right? He grabs it, Did puts he? it on the ground, and I just I just watched fascinated and thought, look at that. So they know he puts his foot on, he's stretched in all directions. And That's um fascinating. another nice feature of the second product, Bedrock, it is in front of uh somebody in South Africa. He's a big wig uh, with Pro Sports. He's um he has endorsements for for pro athletes and Mm -hmm. he sees them along all the ways with new opportunities and he saw bedrock and I started to explain to him and he said, Oh no, just stop. you You don't need to say another word. I get it all from the YouTube video. Okay. So, yes, intuitive. Yeah. Uh, although it comes with, of course, nice descriptions, but it's straightforward, not right. rocket science. Right. It's very easy. It's just that it has never been in the world before. It's not right. the tools never been available. People have had to use their door frame. Well, that holds up a house. So right. they have to use their um, a, a, some kind of object. or a couch
0: where you're lying down, a or tennis putting, ball, right?
1: or a water bottle that explodes in the <laughs> office. And right. um, a slant board is can be effective for Achilles tendon stretch, but it's it's unidirectional, it, it that's all you can only go into that position, and then that's it. Then right. It doesn't move all the way through your range, so it's not very effective. Or a night splint that people end up ripping off in the night, throwing across the rim. oh, right,
0: right. <laughs> so, yeah, all these so, innovations then. I'm I'm fascinated by it, too. There's going to come a point where somebody probably has, I think they call it in the drug world, off-label. Somebody will have one of your devices one day and actually use it, even though it might have been unintended for some other therapy. They'll figure out that it works for that, too.
1: That's what's happening. Isn't that Um, fast? Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I I was um, fairly recently, I flew out to Miami. I was invited to meet with the NBA performance coach. Hex Fasihi yeah. um, with Orlando Magic. Yeah. And we are working with him as well as T- Tremont Waters um, app player, NBA player. And very quickly we were devising new Functions for it. Really? Um, The best, one of the best were a hamstring stretch, but with your foot on ankle stone because it elevates it, puts it into an Achilles tendon stretch, first of all, and now do your hamstring stretch. And all these people were lining up to use it and say, oh, that's the best stretch I've ever had. Yeah. So it's not just foot. It's gone to knee, hip, back, um, and bedrock is just revealing itself. Wow. Just whether if you want to see, um, there are some YouTube videos, Bedrock for Health or or Bedrock Introduced mm-hmm. and B-E-D-R-O-K. Okay. And uh, we have a couple of YouTube channels. And uh, so people are understanding it very intuitively and right. it makes my job easy. <laughs> right.
0: Well, it's always, you know, when you have the NFL athletes or the NBA or these athletes adopt it, you know, I found when I went through my health regimen and some of the things that were explained to me that they were using for me said, Oh yeah, NFL players have already used this before. So that's exciting. When I see it, I go to myself. Wow. Obviously the athletes have such competition, whether it's Olympics or whether it's, you know, professional sports every day, they have to be quote on their game unless yes. you know, unless it's an off day yeah. and they quote, you know, I'll put it in quotes, but they can't afford to have as much downtime and injury um, not, not only is it psychological for them, but it's contractual too, right? They're they're paid to play. So the last thing I thought we would kind of wrap up in this thought is let's take about two minutes and talk about, we talked about where orthopedics has been. Give me a sense of where you think under other, just, you know, sort of spitballing, as they say, where there's some other innovations. If you had to throw a dart and say, hey, five years from now, I think there'll be more innovations in the area of X, Y, Z. And I'll kind of tie that into where I think Balanced Wealth might be going, you know, culturally.
1: I would like to hope that people would do a transition toward the outdoors. My mind goes through all the spectrum of the Peloton bikes and the Nordic tracks and all of the equipment and the digital feedback, which is becoming very convenient for us. Um, And it's quite doable. But, you know, as the... Evolution of my products came from the Connecticut Forest or just from nature out there. I would hope that people discover how to go outdoors to stay healthy for free. I mean, I you just see a rock and you can bend over and do some push-ups on that without right. being all the way down on the ground, which might hurt, but you can adapt. Right. Um, or grab a tree limb or something like that, or the weather that is phenomenal for us, or even when it's lousy out, cold bundle up and get out there. Um, there's not many days that I don't go running in the forest through the winter. Right. I simply adapt. <laughs> I had right. some, some wrist warmers on my ankles the other day so they wouldn't be uh, injured by the ice. Right. But I adapt in that way. And I wish um, people will probably be inspired more so um, as we turn to new, simple, yet innovative strategies.
0: Right. And, and combining nature. And I would say, so basically some of the takeaways we talked about and in balanced wealth, by the way, I think about this analogy. I've always told my clients years ago, I started saying this, they would ask me, what are my biggest risks in retirement? And I, I, I know I did this at least 10, 15 years ago. I used to say what I'm going to tell you, first of all, I'd ask them to guess what they think the biggest risks were. Nobody ever came up with health, right? Your health. And I would say, no matter, I've seen clients with $15 million net worth spend tons of money. Mm -hmm. I've seen clients with modest net worth spend tons of money. So bottom line is their biggest risk for most people as they go into the retirement years, I'll say generally, not for everyone, but generally is not about the money they've saved. It's about keeping their health and wellness going because it's no good to have all this money and then spend all of it back with doctor's visits and all the things. You shouldn't do it, but I'm saying it's no fun. Yes. So one analogy someone told me once, imagine being on a two-week cruise and running out of money after seven days. It's no fun. Yeah. So you want your lifespan and your wealth span to equal each other.
1: Yes. Um, and the, the mental health that goes along with the physical health, maintaining the happiness, Um Not waiting until some phase in your life to give yourself permission to be happy. There we go. Just be happy now, you know, and even almost force yourself in a way. But some of back to that nature, um, I'll often scold my kids. Oh, just go out for a walk. You'll come back feeling like a million bucks. And they always do. Right. Again, something so simple. On a daily basis, um, that you do for yourself and just keep yourself happy and healthy to maintain. It all coincides the mental with the physical health and the outlook on life. Um, I heard recently that people that are talkative out in society when they go and buy their bird seed, go to the liquor store, whatever yeah. they're doing, and they tend to live longer. And I thought to myself, "Oh, that's good, good, good," because my kids scold me, say, like, "Oh my God!" You know, <laughs> but I'm having fun out there. I'm talking to these. It's my only social outlook.
0: Right. <laughs> well, yeah. here's an important but, takeaway um, too. My own I'm sister, <laughs> my own sister, had done research recently. I forget the name of the book. I'm gonna ask her, but she had read where there, her research letter that the people who uh, they've studied the brains of people who are spiritual, mm-hmm. not not denomination of one religion, just spiritual and their brains. And I'll get the name of the book for the next spot, but their brains are actually wired differently than those that maybe have a more dour, negative, you know, sort of dim view of life. So I think it's supported by uh, science, but let's, um, for those of us listening, how could people get in touch with you with all of the great ideas you have? I'd like to make sure you let the audience know how they can reach out to you so go ahead and let us know yes, the contact thank you. information.
1: Anklestone.com is our website. And it, very exciting to announce that we are uh, releasing a brand new website within about 7 to 10 days. Okay. It's uh, just testing now and it is phenomenal. It's complex in that it offers diagnostic versus sport um, differentiations to be able to buy anklestone with your specific need in mind.
0: Can you spell it for him though?
1: Yes. Anklestone, A-N-K-L-E-S-T-O-N-E.com. Perfect. Um, yes. I can also be reached at mzanek at zannies.com.
0: Excellent. Well, Dr. Marian Zanick, thank you so much. And until next time, uh, we'll be talking about other ideas in health and wellness on the Succession Fit podcast. But thank you all for joining us. And Marian, I wish you continued... Good luck in your innovation. And we'll have another lunch in a few months at the oh. same seafood restaurant, but we'll have two tables blocked off
1: yes. <laughs> for
0: all the things we'll discuss.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Tom.
0: Thank you very much. Great. Kelly had, yeah, that was great. Kelly had her timer up there. Oh, yeah. yeah I